Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What's going on, Raider Nation? Mike here, along with my partner in crime, Tyler, bringing you another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Tyler, man, how you doing? I'm digging that intro, even still, after like nine months. How you doing? I'm doing great. It seems like forever since I have we have spoken and pleasured the airwaves with our voices. It seems yes, like indeed. Uh, it's been about a month or so. I I lost my voice and then uh, did that episode last or two weeks ago with Birch and and you were out fishing with your father. It, I'm glad that you made it back and uh, rejoined civilization. Me too. <laughs> and uh, here we are again. Super excited about tonight. Uh, one of probably one of our uh, favorite guests, if we're allowed to have favorites, uh, and Absolutely. we are because it's our show. So um, we can do whatever we want. Heck yeah! That's what so, I'm yeah, told anyway. Super excited. Glad to have you back. Glad to be back on Behind the Eye Patch podcast, where we're family friendly and and political free. I believe is our motto, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. We have gone, actually I haven't kept up with how many episodes we have out, man, but we have gone many an episode without any uh, political commentary. We like to keep it that way because we figure, you know what, if you're turning on a Raider podcast, you probably want to listen to news about the Oakland Raiders and not about the current political climate in the country. So um, I know that's what I'm here for, Tyler. I know Word. you're here for that's that as well. That's what I'm here well. for too. So yep. if that's what you tuned in for, if you wanted like our in-depth political analysis, then you're gonna be really disappointed. <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna you're you're gonna leave this podcast going, oh man, there was nothing there. But if you want Raider Raider news and info and and you know diehard Raider fans talking about the state of Raider Nation, then you should be pretty well tickled. Um, Your ears if I do will say, be pleasured. I promise. Absolutely, absolutely. Well put. As always, find us on Facebook. We have the Facebook group Behind the Eye Patch. Find us on Twitter at Behind Eye Patch. No the in there. It's just straight up at Behind Eye Patch. You can find this podcast on every platform just about known to man. I think you can yeah, find it on yep. the gold platform, the bronze platform, uh, <laughs> platform shoes, uh, a Mars platform, whatever kind of phone or device that you choose to um imbibe in which is very another hot button topic i mean tyler you want to talk about iphone and samsung i mean that's about as bad as politics nowadays man so i'm an iphone guy yes so so hey whoa now tyler whoa whoa we're not getting into that here okay i'm sorry i retract (laughs) that statement any way you want to consume the podcast you can find us on all the platforms tyler Refresh the memory, man. G- give me every platform we're on. So we just actually uh, switched uh, our podcast carrier. So the person that actually hosts our podcast. So you can find us on Red Circle. 
that is like the origination site of our podcast now. We are also on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Google Play Music. We are on Stitcher. We are on a plethora of other, like, podcast radio. If you Google Behind the Eye Patch podcast, there, I guarantee you, there is a platform you, the listener, can use to pleasure your ears and partake of, of this podcast that we've come up with for Raider Nation. Love the Raider Nation, but there are a ton of platforms. And, uh, yeah, that I think this new change is going to be great. We could keep track of analytics. As a matter of fact, I know how many people, uh, there were five people that downloaded the podcast in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, thank you to, awesome. to, to all those guys. I know there were uh, quite a few in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, that originated out of there. And uh, nice. to my mom in Idaho Falls, thanks for the download. I saw that on there. And then to my uh, sister and brother-in-law in Nashville, Tennessee, also couple of couple of uh, downloads from there as well. So now we can see where our where we are uh, broadcasting to. We have reached Costa Rica at this point, Micah. So we're pretty big deal. Excellent. Excellent. You know what? Yeah, I, I, that, that is just awesome. And the, the, the army, the behind the eye patch army grows daily. And that is exciting to see. Just knows that, uh, you know, helps us realize we're on the right track. We're going to keep putting out good content. We're going to try to continue to improve every week. So we really appreciate that. If you want to get in on the action, get in on the podcast. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. 208 557 9771. Now, some of you might think, like, oh, if I call, is somebody going to answer? No, we will not answer the phone. Give us a call. So it's totally, you can remain anonymous. Give us a call and just leave a voicemail. We will play it back on the show and uh, we'll talk about it. I don't care what you want to talk about as long as it is football related. I don't, you know, if you want to talk about, we're going to get into this later in the show. Ugliest uniforms in the NFL. You want to give us your thoughts on that? Give us a call. Or just shoot us a direct message through Facebook, through Twitter. You can remain anonymous if you want. You could just have an opinion or a thought and just say, hey, I listened to the show where I, I had this thought. What do you guys think? And we would love to talk about it on the show. One of the most favorite things I know for myself, Tyler included, is just interacting with Raider Nation. It's it's a blast. It. We have a great time. I mean, that's why we're doing this. It, it's, it's so much fun. So, But Tyler... Before we get to the interview today, you got some shout outs for us. Yeah, we've got a plethora of shout outs. So I'm going to go, and, and then when you are ready for me to stop, just just say the word and we'll, okay. we'll go from there. So the first one is um, you can find him at RIP Smitty67, Chuck McBride, Darvin Sensinger, at Local Sport Fan. Uh, Silky Slim, Dane Vosco, Daniel. Uh, you can find him at Daniel one two one six one nine nine three. Uh, he is not a robot. He's from uh, Arizona. Brooks, <laughs> uh, Vigin Battlein or Battlelion. I don't know. Uh, Jay Stone at Mrs. Stony. Uh, Kenny Stapler from the Pillaging Podcast. Kenny Ooh. Blair. Berto Muniz uh, at J-Man Raiders. MJ, Gatormouth. Uh, Gatormouth is on, on a new podcast. It's on the Crow's Net 
Crow's Nest Podcast Network. I can't remember what it's called. Malcolm James Sr., Lord Humongous, uh, Doug Lobo, <laughs> at Q Matrix 2. Sorry, but you got me with Lord Humongous. <laughs> Lord Humongous, yes. Oh, uh, let's see. Eric Newton, Patrick J. Crimmins. Is he any relation to Fig Newton? Uh, I can... I can tweet him and ask him, but I kind of doubt it. If he is, we got to get him on the show, though. Yeah, I'd kind of like to find that out. But yep. personally, go on. Desiree Armstrong, Red Bone Hound 13, Big H-E-F, at Joseph Hefner 3, uh, Aaron B, George Blanco, uh, Gerard or Champ, at Follow Your Fresh, uh, Rich Alexander, ah. L.B. Enid, Lack of Worries, um, Fly Guy Al, TD God. Uh, he is he is from New Zealand, and he is hilarious. If you ever, if you can find some of his clips on YouTube, but he's got some funny breakdown of films. Finley Bird, Jay Villa, Rigo Placencia. He's a sports anchor, um, and he speaks Spanish. Martin, uh, Chuck at chuck 06146506 uh alan storman real men wear black uh raider rich and the last one that we will do for tonight is east coast nation podcast um and that is ken from the former uh i believe it was the wolf pack nation podcast but he has his own thing now and uh so yeah that's those are the shout-outs for this week. We have more, and we will uh, get to those probably on our next podcast, Micah, because we've got quite a few more. I like it. Uh, you know, really quickly, Wolfpack Nation, I wonder, like, where that came from. Like, Wolfpack, because I don't understand, like, how that ties in with Oakland Raiders. Like I, don't, I don't either, you know what but I'm I saying? know that it comes from a an old... Uh, wrestling. It, it was there was a wolf pack wrestling people. Uh, it was the end. Uh, let's see. Ah, WCW versus NWO. It was all in the same league, and then the NWO split up into the NWO Black and White and NWO Wolf Pack, which was red, red and black. Ah. I'm sorry. So black and white, NWO red and black. NWO Wolfpack, I think that's where they got it from. Ah, okay. Because I was having a hard time connecting the dots there. So thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Raider Nation, dude, let's get right into it. We have a fantastic interview lined up for you tonight with our very own Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, If you haven't checked out that podcast. You should, and uh, you should feel bad. Yeah, you should. Yeah, and... And you should, if you love yourself, you'll go check out the podcast. I'll insert that as well. And if you love yourself even more, you go check them out when they go YouTube live with their um, with their episodes. I mean, that's that's Johnny on the spot, man. There's no editing. There's no oh shoot, uh, you know, I I fumbled <laughs> up there. I, that's not what it I meant. Stopped like, recording. That's live, raw. Yeah, it's in the flesh. And, and like, there are multiple conversations going on at the same time. It's like a, this whole community gets together and talks Raider football live. Go check it out. It's pretty sweet. Do yourself a favor. Um, but, Tyler, let's just dive right Heck into yeah, this thing, man. Yeah, let's do it. 
Raider Nation, you know who he is. We are jacked to have Murph from Raiders Fan Radio back on the show. Murph, my man, how are you doing? It's been a minute. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, Mike and Tyler. Appreciate you having me back on Behind the Eye Patch, man. Look forward to uh, talking a little Raider football with you guys. Dude, we're Absolutely. psyched to have you on. And it, you know what? We always talk about it here. There is no off season for us here, and we're we're rocking and rolling. It's not. There might not be as much content as during a regular season, but man, it's we've got you know OTAs firing up. We got people all worried that Antonio Brown's not showing up to practice. You know the first day, and so everybody's got you know pulling their hair out, going, "Oh my gosh, the drama's starting already." So you know it's you know it's always a fun filled time during the off season. Are you kidding me? You just gotta keep your eyes open. But man. It's been a minute since we talked to you. Give us a quick shout out real quick. Where can we find you? Where can the nation get a hold of you guys? I'm sure most everybody knows that for, but for maybe a few of the stragglers who haven't, who haven't figured it out yet, who haven't found Murph's fan cave and Raiders fan radio, where can they get in contact with you? Appreciate you asking. So yeah, MurphsFanCave.com, that ha- that houses all of our content. Uh, we have a few different shows on the network. Our flagship show is Raiders Fan Radio. Then we have the Fan Club Blitz and also Mondays with Mikey and Murph. And then we have some other stuff uh, working as well. But uh, uh, yeah, MurphsFanCave.com. You can find us on any podcast service. Just search for Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. And uh, uh, we do this YouTube thing now too that we love. So look for us on YouTube.com slash MurphsFanCave where we live live stream Raiders fan radio every week and uh the chat there and the community there and uh the folks that uh that, that gather around our show is uh, just been a blessing man it's been a lot of fun so uh so check us out there if you're interested in seeing the live stream wow youtube live guys raider nation that's uncut and commercial free too when you go live i mean you're getting it in the raw right there it's 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 bare bones that's that is fantastic it's crazy we, so we we produce it on the fly now, me and my uncle Mosh, you know, he's got his soundboard working over there and, and it's fun because it's back in the old days, you know, we used to just record everything separately and kind of mix it together right. and add our sounds and all that. And now we do everything completely on the fly. So it's a, uh, it is, it's fun. It's, it's definitely a lot of fun. That is fantastic. Raider nation. Got to go check it out. It's a big time. And that's, you mentioned that in the chat. It's fun. Cause you can get in there. You can mix it up. You can talk. Raider football. Oftentimes what I've seen in those chats too, is there are, I mean, three or four different conversations going on at the same time. People are chatting with you. They're chatting with each other in the chat. There are, I mean, you've got, it's, it's a blast. It's a good time. So go definitely, definitely go check that out. Tyler, if you don't mind, I'm going to kick the first question off. Murph, I'm having trouble here and maybe you can help me out, but, but we have, we have this weird thing and I don't know if it's sweeping the nation or if there are just a few people that are are just really loud about it but i cannot wrap my head around why in the world raider fans want to bring back marquette king i i don't get that i mean he openly disrespected john gruden i mean he played for broncos i mean i don't know what more you could do to get on the bad side it seems to me of Raider Nation. I don't get it. I understand that the punting situation has been, you know, less than optimal for Oakland, yeah. but I am not, I just don't get this. What say you? What, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I want to respect the forum that he kind of made this announcement or this, uh, 
this uh, the, this claim that he would be willing to come back to the Raiders, and uh, you know, and, and he was talking about his Raider tattoo and whatnot. Anyways, a buddy of ours, Monster Mash Ken, and uh, and his his show, which now his new show is East Coast Nation, and okay. free plug for 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 Ken and his old show. Um, and was where, where Marquette made this kind of declaration, this announcement on. And so, you know, I respect the idea that, that Marquette came to a, a Raiders podcast, a Raiders fan podcast, and was willing to talk about his Raider experience and what happened. So I, I think that's pretty cool. So I'll give him some credit there for that. But in terms of as a fan, I don't know. He kind of burned the bridge a little bit. You know what I mean? Like as a fan, do we want right. to see I come back? I'm not, I'm not really into it. I mean, he's talented, um, but does his antics at this point outweigh his talent? The crazy hot factor, right? Like, like, you know, right right now there's a little too much crazy. uh, And I, well, like you said, Johnny Townsend is not ideal and we definitely need some help there. I think that uh, there's other options and there's other opportunities there to, to, you know, to, to capitalize on. And I don't think Marquette King is the answer at this point. And I, frankly, I don't think John Gruden would want him back. The whole reason that he was gone to begin with is because he dissed the coach. You can't go on (laughs) and refer to your new coaches that guy from monday night football like come on mark (laughs) right and i don't get and that's what i don't get like from a fan point of view because i'm a fan like this guy literally to me has done like everything just you know it wasn't like anything like done behind the scenes or you know it was like oh we found out that you know he wasn't getting along with coaches i mean this guy straight up went national with it and and when you openly do something like that i'm like like you said Bridges are burned. I'm done, man. Like, and, and if there's one area of of where it's like, look, if we don't bring this guy back, it's not a huge deal. It's got to be like the punting position, right? I mean, like, you can go out and get probably like six punters on the team, figure <laughs> out who can boot the ball, and then, you know, cut the other five. So I'm not like, you know, it's, it's not like we're asking for a star running back to come back. Somebody who's going to, you know, have a huge impact. I mean, you know, I might be getting hot water here with some people. I, I understand Oakland, you know, we've like, we really enjoy punting the ball about the last 20 years. Um, but I'm just going, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm not interested in that. I'm not part of that group. I didn't really understand it. That Raiders fans were pretty quick to forgive. It seemed like, um, but Tyler, I knew you covered this a little bit last week. You, you still of that thought. Yeah, I covered that plenty last week. So <laughs> I will leave our time for further questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, Tyler, I'm going to let you take it away with the next one then, man. All right. Well, Murph, last time we talked to you, it was prior to the draft. Yes. Um, and when we've interacted with you, I actually interacted. I I uh, had the privilege of talking to Murph on the, yeah. on the Saturday of the draft. My parents and my sister and brother-in-law were all in Nashville, that's where my brother and brother-in-law and sister live. My parents just happened to be out there. And so my sister, I was like, go track down Murph. Go see if you can find him. So she did. She tracked him down. And then Murph graciously took like five, ten minutes. Uh, and Uncle Mosh, too, to uh, talk with me via FaceTime during the draft. But Murph, what? how was it, man? I mean, give us some insights. What was some good food you had? Um uh, how was it? 
Well, it was awesome, man. You know, Nashville knows how to throw a party. And, uh, you know, Vegas, you're on the clock because we'll see right. what the draft looks like next year. Look, Vegas is no stranger to a party either. But I think that, uh, you know, Vegas is known for that. Like, they're on the right. national scene as that. Uh, people don't necessarily equate Nashville to that as far as having that size of an event, something with that scope and a national focus. And and, and it hit every single mark necessary. Um, you know, I'm very proud to be a resident of middle Tennessee at this point in my life. I'm originally from the Bay area and that's where I grew up a Raider fan. Uh, but I relocated here and it's, and it's a great place to live. Um, and Nashville is an awesome city and it was fully on display during the draft. So it's funny, you know, Nashville, um, has more arrests on a normal weekend. Than there was <laughs> the draft. There was six arrests during three days where you had 600,000 people collectively downtown over three days. There's normally more arrests than that over a normal weekend. So, wow. yeah, so everything was just, it was the, the, from everything from the security to the infrastructure to the, you mentioned the food, the, just the logistics of everything. Um, we spent 13 hours down there on day one. Uh, day two, I went back. I took both of my boys. We went back down. Um, and from the time that we really got into the outskirts of downtown to where we parked our car and we're in the middle of 200,000 people was about 15 minutes. Like it doesn't, there was no congestion despite wow. there being that many people in that concentrated of an area. It was easy to get in and out. Uh, and then day three was when we had our live stream. That's where we got a chance to meet your, your, your family, uh, Tyler. And they were amazingly awesome, by the way. I mean, there was like, are these people, can they adopt me? Like this is <laughs> family. These guys are, they're great. Um, you know, everybody came in with their behind the iPad shirts on and stuff like that was cool. That was legit, man. And so, uh, so we had a great time doing our live stream and then, and then went back downtown that night. And uh, I'll tell you, there's so, despite everything that was so cool about the, there's just the overall feel of the draft and the way Nashville handled it, Raider nation and specifically showed out. Now there was the, the vast majority of fans there were Titans fans. I don't think that's, that's, that's a, uh, right. Breaking news there. Uh, but then after that, there was, it was a very short list. There was a lot of Packers fans. There was a lot of Raiders fans. And now there were other teams fans that were represented. There was the bills. Mafia were definitely there. Uh, there was two Cardinal fans, I think out of 600,000 people. Uh, and I think that was the entirety of their fan base. Um, but there was, so there was, um, but there was a handful of, but it was neat to see all the teams represented. And it was really cool to see Raider nation show up the way it did. And that Saturday night, the last night of, of everything, there was the official Raider nation meetup at one of the places downtown. And it was awesome. Basically the Raiders fans, just kind of took over the place uh and it was you know hundreds wow. of Raiders fans and it was just awesome man it, it was just it was such a cool vibe um and again i can't be prouder enough of nashville for hosting the event can't be proud of raider nation we hung out with gorilla rilla day one and awesome. you know, gorilla rilla come walking downtown into the kind of the epicenter there in between the nfl network studios and, and espn studios and the draft stage itself and and everybody just swarms to this guy and they're not just raider fans it's a fans in general swarm to gorilla rilla and want to be part of what's going on in raider nation uh, it was just amazing it was a fantastic experience and uh i could probably take up the entirety of our time together tonight talking to you about it it was it was fantastic and can't brag on all of it enough that's Dude, that's, that's awesome i wish i really wish i could have been there um but i was there i guess in spirit via my family so um, and they said that you're a pretty cool guy too. Just, just FYI. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to him. Cause I know you and Mosh, well, Mosh was eating a big old plate of something when I was talking to him. And, Did Mosh uh, get enough food? 
I don't think so. I interrupted him. I felt real bad, but uh, he was very <laughs> gracious. And then he was, and after about four or five minutes, he's like, "Yeah, I, I, I got to get back to eating." So this, I, I did to my plate of sausage. Yes, <laughs> you're in a Bavarian beer house, and so what do you, you know, like potato pancakes and sausage and beer, right? Like, oh my gosh! So yeah, it was. It was. You asked about the food. I mean, we was we, we there was some great food. Like a lot of the local vendors, uh, local restaurants, kind of had little tents and stuff, and and, and canopy set up serving the local fare. You know, hot chicken and all right. that kind of stuff. Uh, but where we did our live stream was at this Bavarian beer house, which is not raidery at all. It were just these folks were great, and they had a great facility, and they offered to have a uh, have us uh, show up up and do our show and it was a little bit away from downtown so it was kind of out of the whole scene uh right. really but the food was great though man i gotta give those people props and uh and thank oh, you man. for having us that was a lot of a lot of fun what was the best thing you ate while you were down there you know i'm a big fan of pizza you know i uh yeah. I love love some pizza, and you know uh, our New York and New Jersey friends will tell you the only place you can get good pizza is up there. And, oh, and yeah. I necessarily <laughs> disagree with them. The pizza in New York is definitely on on a on a level that it's tough for the rest of us to get to. But in terms of what we have here in Nashville, there's a place called Slim and Huskies that we absolutely love, and they were one of those places that had a they had their their kind of their tent set up or whatever where they were making pizza fresh, man. And and night oh. one was kind of cold and raining, and so right. after. The, after the Raiders' uh, first pick, uh, after Cleveland Farrell, uh, we uh, we walked out of the rain and went and sat down and had some fresh Slim and Huskies. Nothing like piping hot pizza in the cold, rainy weather, man. It was oh. awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Slim and Huskies. Uh, Slim and Huskies is the one you bragged about the last time you were on this show, isn't it? It sure was. You yes. Sure Okay, so that pizza joint, they had right where we were for the draft, they had their their thing set up. It was like it was perfect. We're like, all right, there's our favorite pizza place and it's 20 yards away. We'll go eat there. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pause the podcast here and go and get some food because now <laughs> I'm getting hungry. And I'll give you one more since I did talk about that that place last time. The first thing we ate when we got downtown, we met up with our buddy Aaron the Q Dog Raider. We met up with Monster Mash Ken and we went and sat down and kind of had a podcast powwow. And we did that at BB King's Blues Bar and they had a brunch set up where they had all the typical breakfast food, but then they had like uh catfish and like macaroni and Ooh, cheese. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. It was really, really good. So shout out to BB King's as well. It was just right again right there downtown and and uh it was it was awesome man it was awesome oh man man that, that fish is right up your alley micah oh yeah you know it is i'll go catch it fresh out of the river and throw a throw a cook down right there where i'm fishing so that's dude that is fantastic sounds like it was above and beyond what what was anticipated and what actually happened because i was a little worried being an outdoor scene they started you know i was watching it obviously live they started to mention you know, oh, the rain's coming down. But, dude, when I saw the shot, it didn't look like that was deterring anybody from leaving the draft. It looked like like, it looked like everybody was like, no, we're here. And I've got to imagine it was probably pretty nice weather, Tennessee, and, you know, end of April. That, that's got to be some pretty nice weather, even with rain. That's got to be pretty nice. Yeah, it got chilly and, and kind of rainy that, that one night. But the rest of the time, the weather was, it was absolutely perfect for this time of year. And, and you know... The thing that was so cool about it was that the scope of it was huge. So not only did you have those those aerial shots you saw where you had all those people crammed downtown, but then there's a pedestrian bridge that goes over the Cumberland River and over where Nissan Stadium is. And we spent a lot of time over there, and that's where I took both my boys. Uh, my kids are 16 and 13, so they're nice. like, like football age, like forming their family. Right. 
So we went across over there and they had so many, so they had all these other big sets of food vendors and all that, but then they had like a flag football field set up over there. They had all these different like things you could, uh, all these like displays you could take pictures with. They had like a, a faux NFL, uh, NFL network studio. You could sit at, take pictures in front of the microphone. They had this thing where you, they, the kids got jerseys and they put up the Raiders logo behind them. And then it was like a draft podium. And like, you could take pictures in front of that. And like, oh, it was, just, like, it was just, I mean, this big, huge, like, and, and I'm only hitting, they had a, a Lombardi trophy and they had super, Bowl rings and you could get like um you could get your picture taken and have like a, a mock-up of what your bust would look like in the hall of fame like like i mean it's free and all of it was free like it was like 30 bucks for us to park which is kind of expensive to park but everything was free so when you're downtown for and, and in this whole thing for like five hours with the kids like what else can you do with your kids for five hours that only cost you 30 bucks you can't go to the right. movie you know what i mean so it was yeah Absolutely. So as far as value goes, and all, it was just legit, man. Again, I could take up all our time. <laughs> it was just, it was great, man. I, I cannot uh, express it. I'm, I'm stoked for next year. I'm hoping that if, if Vegas does it half as well as Nashville did, it will be a blast. Can't wait. Now, Cleveland, I don't know, man. Did you guys see that? Cleveland is next. Yeah, I saw that. What's that? that? You know, I saw that one and I saw Kansas City as well. And I'm I, in the oh, Midwest yeah. in, in, in early spring, I don't know about that, man. That that uh, that's gonna be. I don't I mean, know. I'm, I, I'm now is good. Good barbecue there. Like that. That dynamic might be cool. But yeah, man. I don't know, man. Those. I thought. You know, because I think Nashville is a little bit of a surprise to people, just because people don't realize what Nashville is unless you right. live here or been visited it or whatever. You don't realize like it's kind of built for what the draft was. These other cities. I don't know, man. I mean, right. you know, we had Philly and we had Dallas, like Dallas, but they're at like the stadium, like it's at Jerry World, so that makes sense. But I don't know, doing it in downtown Cleveland, like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I've not spent enough time in Cleveland, but I don't know. <laughs> Is Raiders fan radio? Are you guys gonna be able to make it out to Vegas for that draft? Or is yeah. that in the works? Yeah, we'll be there for that one for sure. Cleveland, I'm gonna be I'm so happy to watch it on television. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're, we'll be there for that one for sure, and hopefully, we'll be picking low. That's what we want. We want to be picking right. like 32 in that one, right? Right. So, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited about you know it's gonna be you know think about the culmination of everything Raidery that's gonna be going on. Oh yeah. The team coming to town full time, like it's just you know everything's gonna be relatively built by then. The infrastructure will be in place. The I'm just I, I can't wait, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be legit, man. That's gonna be Raider heaven for us. It's going to be legit, and I do have to correct you on one thing. Hopefully, one of those picks will be very high uh, with the Chicago Bears. Oh, yes, so, you are. You, know, you are. Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, what was the mood like? Because we've heard this a lot. Um, everybody was, you know, a, a lot of those, you know, so-called analysts, experts really downplayed this pick. What was the mood like amongst the fans when uh, Farrell got his, his name called at number four? You know, I've already mentioned him twice tonight, and uh, Monster Mash Ken was the only guy that I saw that was like, "Yes, that's my guy." Like he was the he was looking for Farrell the whole way. Um, we weren't opposed to Cleveland Farrell. I think that we just had Josh Allen so uh, front of mind, and so when he was still there when the Raiders came up, we were just kind of all expecting that to drop. And uh, you know, again, not mad at Farrell getting picked. It was just also it was a little jarring where. 
Um, but you can't trade back unless you got somebody that's willing to trade with you. And the Raiders right. didn't have anybody to trade with. So they, that was their guy. That's who they wanted. And so they pulled him. now since, so you ask in the moment, yes, it was jarring. And then there wasn't any Raider fan, at least that we were around and we were with a group of them that were like, yes, like that, like free again, other than, than Ken. And I saw his video after the fact, but you know, <laughs> so it was a little jarring. It was like, oh man, like what's going on here. And it, and it took us a little bit. Now, here we are weeks later. I love it. And now, because I didn't know, look, I mean, I mean, I know enough about the Raiders to be dangerous and to host a podcast, but I don't know the ins and outs of every single player going into the draft. And, and it's a little bit intentional because I think if you fall in love with players before the draft, the next thing you know, you've like fallen in love with a Bronco. Right. Like right. you don't know where these guys are going to go. So I, I try to, you know, kind of get an idea of who our team is looking at, but I don't get like in the weeds on their character and their, you know what right. I mean? Background history. But when, so now though, that he's ours and you look at Cleveland Farrell, my gosh, man, he comes from a military background. He's an, you know, a Ted Hendricks award winner. You know, he's by far the leader on his team. He's the captain yep. of his defense. Like you look at all the things that you would want out of a football player, that's what he is. So I right. fully embrace it. And I think everyone has fully embraced it at this point. And I think that any of our, the lack of response or our ill response in the moment was just because we didn't know what we were getting. Well, now right. that we know what we're getting, I think we're good. And I, it, that's kind of the same point to like, you know, we had hyped, you know, Josh Allen so much and, and so many analysts, you know, this is a top play. This guy might even go two. you know, I'd seen that mocked and everybody had seen that kind of thing mocked, but I, I, Tyler and I talked about this. That's why we're not a GM because you know, that, that's why we're, that's, that's where you have to trust that process. You got to figure, do you trust Gruden? Do you trust Mayock? I do. Now, maybe three years down the road, we'll be, you know, I'll be eating crow and going, my gosh, why did, why, you know, we could have had Josh Allen. But, you know, the other point, though, too, what did he fall to? The eighth pick, if I'm not mistaken. So five, six, and seven didn't want him either. And I guess you could toss the Giants out because they needed a quarterback, but the Bucks didn't want him. And uh, who else was it? The Jets in there as well? No, no, the Jets were right before us. Um, uh, but there, you know, so, so there were, there were seven teams that didn't want him either. So, you know, I, you need to then, if, if you're going to throw shade at Oakland and Mayock and Gruden for not picking this guy, I think you also need to jump on these guys as well, maybe minus Bosa and Kyler Murray. But there, so you've got other teams, though, like the Bucks and stuff, who, who pat, straight up passed on, said who maybe saw the same thing, maybe had eye or need or whatever. But for the kind of talent that he was supposed to have, I mean, and, and that's yeah. like you said, where you get caught up, you get caught up in the, the analysts and the mocks and these people going, oh, this guy is, you know, the next best thing since sliced slice bread. You know, this is the next, you know, Khalil Mack perhaps out there. And it's like, when you actually go back and look at his stats, his senior year, he had 17 sacks. But prior to that, we're, I mean, we're very low numbers. If I'm not mistaken, junior year, he had something like seven sacks junior year. And I think seven is six or seven his sophomore year as well. It was just that senior year explosion where, in contrast, you go to somebody like Cleveland Farrell, where he's had, number one, he's been on two national title teams. And so he's got that leadership ability that you're looking for. I think that Mayock and Gruden, that kind of that culture they're looking for and uh, that leadership. And and he's been pretty consistent throughout his career in what in the kind of production that he's been able to put up. So I, I was jacked. It was big stages, too, right? Like he right. right. Stop in that championship game. Like, so you, absolutely what you're saying is dead on. 
Right, right. So I, I, I thought it was interesting. I was shocked because, you know, I, I'm a fan still. I bought into the hype of Josh Allen. Now, like I said, we're all going to find out in the coming seasons. But I was, uh, we were, Tyler and I were looking at each other like, uh, okay, <laughs> I guess um, we'll see, you know. Well, but like kudos, you said. Kudos to you, Micah. You called that pick about three months earlier. So I would say congratulations to you <laughs> on calling the pick three months prior so i trust micah to right. uh, trust to, the process to, i trust micah's <laughs> process <laughs> but no anyway so that's interesting to know because like you saw the photos and stuff like that they're like they had captured a raider fan like you know in one moment where you got like this like yeah. face going on and you're like and so that's been used as a meme and all that kind of stuff you know, since then, but we'll see who has the last laugh at the end of all this, because uh, like we're finding out with this Amari Cooper thing, Cowboys eh, now starting to have a little trouble with the old uh, contract talks with Amari Cooper. Now, I love that, by the way. Yeah. Gruden now is who was an idiot here about eight months ago is now starting to look not so stupid. So again, that's part of that trust in the process piece there. Um, Tyler, you go ahead, man. I've been hogging this whole thing. What you got for Murph? Oh, now you put me on the spot because I was just kind of going <laughs> along. Um, oh. I, I, let me tell you this. Let, let me ask you this. Go Mark. for it. With the, with the Josh Jacobs pick, did you like that pick? Because I feel like Raider Nation was kind of 50-50. There were a lot of people that were like, oh, we don't need this guy. We could have got him at 27 or in the second round or, oh, we don't need a running back. Or What, what did you think about that? Uh, that one we loved, man. And, and uh, Uncle Mosh and I, that day on the way down there for day one, you know, the, the news had just come out that nothing still official has come from Marshawn, but all the reports and even kind of from his mom and in a roundabout way said that he's done and that he's retired right. There's a little bit more of talk of him coming back now. But anyways, but for the all intents and purposes, he was retired. So we had said on the way down there to look because all going up leading up to this, I had said I'd felt that if the Raiders were going to take an offensive player that we were going to get an offensive lineman. That would have been the first offensive player uh, off the board. You guys remember last time I was here, I was talking about that Chris Lindstrom. Uh, out of yes. You got taken way high by the Falcons. Like, that was, like, it was cool to see because I liked that guy. I'm glad he got drafted high, but that was even higher than, like, wow, they took a guard that high. Like, that was crazy. But um, but anyways, but I thought, well, now with Marshawn retiring, now there's a glaring need at running back. Here you got this, this Josh Jacobs. And look, when you look at Alabama running backs, and this is what we were talking about on the way down, was that you got guys like Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, uh, Derek Henry. Like, they're productive. And it, aside from, you know, the rarity like a Trent Richardson, for the most part, these Alabama running backs do very, very well. And right. Jacobs has uh, pass blocking ability. He can catch the ball in the backfield. Like, yes. he's very dynamic. So we were all – so we changed our tune. We are like, okay, look, let, maybe this is the guy then – then this is the first offensive player that the Raiders taken. And, and sure enough, they did. And so we were literally dancing in the streets. Like nice. And you know, and Nashville being in the middle of SEC territory, everyone around knows exactly who this guy is, being an Alabama running back. Yeah. <laughs> was like, Whoa, like it was a big deal, right? So um, so that was a universal, I think, at least because again, we weren't around social media. So in the moment right. at the draft. It was universally accepted, and Raider Nation was fired up for that one and still fired up. And, and again, now getting to know him after the fact and knowing his story and the right. challenges and the adversity that the kid's been through and where he's come out, I, that one, man, I that's an exciting pick. I'm fired up for this guy, and I can't wait to play him in Madden, too, because he's going to be <laughs> 
I mean, this guy was literally, I mean, he was like living out of vehicles. Yeah, I mean, and that that kind of thing, I mean, straight up off the streets. I, I love stories like that. We had a young man on a few weeks ago before the draft, uh, kind of the same sort of deal. And man, I just love that kind of thing. And, and now that he's a Raider, obviously I'm going to be cheering for him even more. And I've got to bet with Tyler right now. I said he's going to go 1,000 yards rushing, rookie season. I like it because Oakland likes to pound the rock, and I think we're going to have a more more steady offensive line, and I think uh, especially if Marshawn isn't there, um, you know, Crowell now out for the season. You know, he's gone. Um, we're I, I love Chris Warren the third, but we we don't know what we have in him. So I've I've gone out on a little bit of a limb. Said thousand yard rusher in my rookie, his rookie season. Um, so and so Tyler and I have some fishing lures uh, on <laughs> on that bad bad boy. I agree with you. I think this could be Wheatley Crockett 2.0, man. I right. see, look, that's what Gruden loves to do, whether it was those guys or whether it was what he tried to do. Unfortunately, Cadillac Williams got hurt uh, yep. and it ended his career premature. But you look at what Gruden likes to do in his offense, that it's the West Coast, man. Like, that's what, they, you know, whether it was yep. guys like Roger Craig or Marshall Fall. I mean, there's a history of, of West Coast-style running backs, and that's what Josh Jacobs is going to be. So I'm with you. I think he's going to be highly productive. And not only do I want to play him in Madden, but if you're fantasy football players, what put that guy high in your list, man. He's yes. Gonna, let, let's just say this. It, he's going to get a lot of opportunity to earn big numbers he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of touches now whether his talent translates to the next level that's the unknown that's the crap shoot of the nfl draft right all signs point or towards he's gonna get the opportunity and he's got the talent and the heart man he's got the heart to, to back it up so I'm, I'm excited for that one i think i think the thing that i like the most about josh jacobs coming out of alabama is out of all of the out of all of the running backs that have come out of Alabama recently, you mentioned Trent Richardson, uh, Mark Ingram, all those guys. If you look at all of their touches before they got to the pros, this guy has like nothing compared to those guys. Yeah. The yeah. wear and tear on this guy is very Plenty minimal. of tread on the tires. Lots of tread on the tires. That's the thing that I like. You know, I was kind of, I guess I shouldn't say shocked by the pick. I kind of knew it was inevitable because I didn't like it. And when I don't like something, that's what happens. And so <laughs> I didn't like taking a running back that high. However, I've watched, I mean, I've watched some, some film and I'm not a guru. I, I don't pretend to be one, but I like his speed. I'd like his vision. I think that's something that the running backs in Oakland have lacked. If you look at Latavius Murray, bam, right into the pile. If you look at, Marshawn did pretty well the, the past couple of years, but even there are times where he's like, there's a hole. I'm going to go pound somebody in the face, if you will. Justin Fargus was the king of that. Justin yeah, Fargus. Michael Bush. Yeah, and Justin Fargus would accelerate like a boss. Like after, I mean, he would fly, but right into everybody. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, like, so, and also while you were talking, I looked it up. Josh Jacobs just turned 21 years old. Right. Like this kid right. could be a Raider for the next eight years at a high level of production. Like that's, yeah. awesome. you know what I mean? And that's, that's the thing too, because like uh, number one, his pass catching ability, that versatility, I think is going to be huge because when you when when Jalen Richard could get the ball in the open space out of the backfield, great things happen. 
Um, and so having that talent along with everything else, I just, I see Josh Jacobs as just, I think, I think we don't understand yet. And for the people, I think like Tyler were skeptical on the pick. I'm confident enough to say, I think by five, six weeks into the season, we're going to be going, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, for the skeptics, for the skeptics, they're going to be like, well, I'm glad I was wrong because this guy, like you said, plenty of tread left on the tires. And that was the thing. A lot of people pointed to that. It was funny. People would, you know, they go to the stats and they're like, well, look at this. He had like 600 rushing yards his, you know, senior season or the final season. In Alabama it was like, well, he was behind. He was behind the, uh, what's his bucket there? Harris. He's, Harris. So, you know, Harris had earned that role. If I'm not mistaken, Jacobs had gotten injured the previous year. So yep, Harris yes. had earned that role. And so he, you know, Saban let him, you know, start over that. So, I just think we we haven't even seen yet because I, we didn't get enough of it in college. We've seen the glimpses, but I, I think Raider Nation's in for a big surprise when this guy. Like Alabama doesn't have other playmakers too, right? It's right. not like they didn't have right. Calvin Ridley and Tua and you know what I mean? And like, uh, you know what? There's uh, Judy. Jerry Judy, thank you. I was trying to remember the other guys. Yeah, so it's not like there's not other targets. There's other things to do with the football. So you don't need to be the focal point of the offense and carry the load like that. So absolutely, I I agree, man. I'm I'm excited about that one. And when you're blowing people out 45 to seven, and hey. then and then you get your fifth stringers in there, that's something to look at too. But I like <laughs> his vision, um, and I like that you know he bounces it outside. There's a few clips on on YouTube that I watched and. And he's not afraid to bounce it outside. He's not afraid also to be patient. Almost Le'Veon Bell-esque. Probably not quite that that great yet. I won't put him in that category, but he's patient. He lets his blockers set up. Then he hits the hole. And if he has to hit the hole, he like and there's somebody there, he runs them over. Like yeah. there's plenty of that. But he also has the vision to go around that and extend those plays, which I, I do like. Uh, that's uh, yeah yeah I like that while we're speaking on running backs have you guys seen the recent photos of Chris Warren the third that dude's a that dude's massive and I'm not talking fat like oh my gosh why is he putting on weight that dude is just like stacked or how how do they say it now thick nowadays with with three c's (laughs) what I mean that I'm pretty jacked yes yeah I'm pretty jacked to see what the running back and then you have a guy like Doug Martin while fumbles seem to be an issue, you do have that veteran presence, which I, I think is good for the team. And then obviously uh, Jalen Richard's there as well. A lot of people like that pick still. He's still there. I think I, I think Washington's out the door. Is there any is there any uh, doubt about that? I, I just don't see unless something happens. I don't see a room for Washington on this roster. Yeah, as long as they're going to carry a fullback, and all signs point towards Keith Smith still staying there. So as long as they're going to carry a fullback, yeah, I think that you're only going to carry, uh, you, you know, five guys in terms of halfback, and that's so or four guys. I mean, and that's so yeah. I think well, I think DeAndre is the one that's going to be on his way out. Unfortunately, I mean, he's a good player. You know, he yeah. runs hard. He reminds you of that kind of Justin Fargus running style, like that hard style, but right. just never could seem to like get to the next level and like extend plays. Like you know what I mean? Like you just never. Right. Never really able to do that, unfortunately, because he's a good, good guy, and you know what I mean. Like he's one of the guys that's easy to root for, but he just never, yeah. he never took that next step, you know. He had that one run at the goal line. I don't remember if you remember that, but he bounced off like three players and extended the ball over the goal line. I don't even. It might have been against Cleveland, but I mean, he he literally like bounced yes. off three different players. I do you remember that? And it was like, whoa, <laughs> that was gritty. That was gritty, and he like did the whole like. 
keeping one arm down, kept himself up, and then extended the ball and and got the touchdown. And I think that's what I'll best remember him for. But yeah, like he said, it's kind of a kind of a a roster casualty, you might say, with just all the talent that's starting to come in uh, at that position. Now let's uh, with that. Who I have I a question. To, yeah, go, I have sorry, a question. Go for it, I gotta look this up. Do you think? Do you think Keith Smith gets pushed by Alex Ingold out of Wisconsin at all for oh, that gosh. for that uh, fullback spot? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. When you're talking about a, a position like fullback, then I think it's all about versatility and it's all about special teams contribution. And uh, yeah, you know, Keith is a um, he's a former linebacker uh, right. that was converted over to playing fullback, and you know, found a lot of success in Dallas. And then when Basakia came over from the Cowboys, uh, he kind of brought Keith Smith with him because he loves uh, uh, loves Keith in terms of his special teams ability. Um, so and. He's been on Raiders fan radio, so I like the guy a lot. Like I'm, you know what I mean. He's he's nice. he's a, a very cool guy and uh, very gracious with his time and 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 appreciate him joining us on the show. So we're gonna root for him regardless, just because of that. But I think in terms of being pushed, like yeah, why not? And I and I and I think there's a lot of commonality in that statement up and down the roster, other than you know wide receiver number one. Uh, cornerback number one, QB, um, you know what I mean? Like other than a handful of positions, I think all these guys are going to be pressed and they should be. They won four games last year. So like, let's not get too much in our feelings when terms of players here, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's where, you know, I kind of feel about a lot of this stuff is that look, I'm all about players and I love players. And, and that's the, you know, obviously it's a, a big deal to get, have favorite players and to root for and to support them and whatnot. But I'm a Raider fan first and foremost. So as right. much as they like a player, if they're not around or if they're not performing, or if the team's not ultimately finding success in it and it's, you know, then I don't, I don't have a problem with them getting pushed. And if they get pushed out, then that's, you know, an unfortunate casual casualty as well. Now I get a little bit sidetracked when people like unfairly point towards like Derek Carr's, for instance, when they want to cite things about him as far as why the team's losing. And you're like, yeah, I think there's a lot of other options first before we get to quarterback. But aside from that, uh, yeah, I don't have any issue with any of these guys getting pushed. And I think that, yeah, Keith Smith is definitely one because as much as he's he's done well, he's also missed on quite a few things as well. Uh, also, when in terms of lead blocks and whatnot. So yep. uh, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, the the the. Uh, the occasionally there's a lot of pass blocking, uh, you know, responsibilities there. And, and as much as, uh, you know, Derek Carr got hit and, and got sacked last year, you know, some of that's on Keith, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. I tell you, what, it would be nice to see the, the, the power eye again, fullback, cool, you yeah. know, Jacobs, uh, Can Chris we bring Warren. back John Ritchie? I mean, oh. I, I, I'm jacked for that because that we use that implemented that, I think in 2016, we saw a lot of that fullback, uh, just running that kind of a power scheme. And I, we've got the backs to do it now. And I was actually a little surprised. I felt like we would have done it a little bit more last year. It seemed like we had a lot of handoffs out of the, uh, um, you know, out of, out of shotgun, but it could have been because of, I mean, our offensive line was injured half the season. So you don't know what kind of, you know, what was going on there, but I would love to return to that a little bit, of, a little bit of, full, you know, fullback lead blocking little, I guess it's almost, I feel like it's uh old style football nowadays Yeah, uh, but yeah. Man, it, it, that would just be so sweet and i think oakland at least from what we see right now has the players to do it so we'll find out you mentioned how big chris warren is i don't know what his 
pass blocking ability nor lead blocking ability is. I've not studied his his film. I'm like I'm like you know I think it was Tyler. You said I don't. I'm not a student of film. I watch football, but I'm not a a student of that as far as the particulars of things and know how to break down every player's play. But in but if if Chris Warren can do it, he's got the size to do it. I know that. You know what I mean? And and if he's got the versatility to carry the football as well, that's an extra dynamic that's great for your fullback. You guys see my Marcel Reese jersey behind me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ever. I mean, he was one of my all-time favorite Raiders, and uh, and I loved him because of that. He was a matchup nightmare. You could do a million different things with him. The Raiders didn't even do nearly enough, and I could do an entire yep. segment on the under underutilization of Marcel Reese. But point is, though, on the, in terms of today's Raiders, if Chris Warren can do any of that, then you might see that. Uh, and, you know, also, too, the Raiders love to line up extra blockers. And now with yes. Keith Smith departing, who knows what we're going to see? We've seen Denver Kirkland come in as the sixth uh, lineman at times. Who knows what they could be doing with Warren? And and now we got we signed another tight end today. So we got, you know, 16 tight ends in camp. So, you know, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen, man? I, I, I get the feeling like you're going to be moving people all over the place, which is what you want. If we're And if we're bringing players back, former Raider players, I'll take Reese before we take uh, Thank uh, before you. we take King back. Like I could make a very yeah. lengthy list of former Raider players that I would rather have back, I think. But that's for another another segment, I guess. So f- let's get into the fourth round really quickly. Three okay. picks in the fourth round. You have defensive end Max Crosby, Eastern Michigan, uh, Isaiah Johnson, quarterback from Houston, and Foster Moreau, tight end LSU. Out of those three, did you have a favorite? Yeah, by far, Max Crosby. He's kind of been one of the fan favorites of this draft. Um, again, player you were kind of unfamiliar with coming into this thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, but all reports on him. Uh, now, we mentioned Farrell was the Ted Hendricks award winner, but Max is the one that's drawing comparisons to Ted Hendricks because, as you guys know, you know, Matt, uh, uh, Ted Hendricks was the mad stork. He was a big, long, lanky linebacker, uh, yeah. pass rusher, and that's what Crosby is. Now, the downside of Crosby is that he needs to get stronger. They even told him that on draft night that right. he needs getting Deuce Gruden's hip pocket, Deuce Gruden, John's son, who is a, an, an international uh, award-winning weightlifter. Um, so he needs to get with Deuce and, and, and put on some weight and, uh, and, and get stronger. But I think once he does that, he's got the, the, the physical skills to be a good player in the league. So I think him in a rotation with, with Arden key, uh, or even bringing in the, the both of them on a five man front, like, you know, can you picture that? Like he on one side and him on the other lined up next right. to Pearl and Mo Hurst in the middle. Like, come on, man. Like, I, <laughs> man. So I, I think that's going to be a fun one. Now, I don't know how impactful he'll be year one because, right. well, he's going to have the absolute best in terms and the highest, uh, 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 the most elite levels of, of strength and conditioning uh, as far as programs go. But I don't know still even in one offseason program if that's going to be enough to get him where he's going to need right. to be. But picture him over a year or two, and now he might start to to emerge a little bit. So yeah, I'm I'm fired up for that one. I think that's going to be good. Plus, he's kind of a character, and yeah. you know, fits in perfect with the team, right? Yeah, yeah. He was in a rap group, which is awesome. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I think Mike and I had a one up maybe on on a lot of Raider Nation and the listeners of Behind the Eye Patch because we actually had a uh, guest on our show, Mr. B.D. Williams, who does some film breakdown and stuff. And he actually Billy mentioned, D. what's that? Billy D? I don't know. We weren't yeah. allowed to call it by any other name. You said B.D. Williams. I was saying Lando Calrissian himself? I, Williams? I don't know. 
perhaps. <laughs> he wouldn't tell us his name. So, oh, okay, okay. Uh, but uh, no, he came on our show and he actually was like, you guys got to watch out for Max Williams or Max. Cr- oh. Max Crosby. Mad, Crosby. Max. Hey, Mad Max. There we go. Mad Max Crosby out of Eastern Michigan. And so I did a little uh, watch some film and stuff on him. And gosh dang it, I was super excited when that pick came out. I really like Isaiah Johnson, though, too. The big, tall, lanky corner. I'm wondering if perhaps we finally have somebody that can cover a tight end um, on the back end of our defense. Just lining him up. I could see them lining him up over like a uh, Travis Kelsey or other bigger tight ends because I think he's six foot two, six foot three, somewhere in there. So yeah. I was excited about both of those picks. Yeah, him and Mullen are big guys, right? So they right. definitely yeah. work with bigger corners. And, you know, and that's, and it, it's great because, like you mentioned earlier, you know, you trust the GM, you trust the coach, and you, you start to see the, the, the things come together in the end. And, you know, when we signed LaMarcus Joyner, that was an awesome signing, but we're like, well, wait a minute. Now we got two undersized safeties. Right. Who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? You know what I mean? Joiner is a great slot uh, uh, cover guy, but he's not near big enough to cover somebody like Kelsey. Well, now we know, right? Because now right. we got these two big corners in uh, Mullen and Johnson, and either one of them can cover, not to mention we signed some other guys as well. But you start to see the big picture come together. So it's uh, uh, that's a great point, man. That that I, I love that. And you know, you want big corners right like I, I love that idea that and I've and I've actually read this too and I don't know if you guys saw this or not that that there's a lot of college and even some high school coaches now that are telling players that play wide receiver that look if you don't have the ability to be dynamic and stand out at your position go be a corner because if you have the size uh, and the speed to play wide receiver but you don't have that kind of that next gear to really stand out as a wide out Go defensive back because with that size and that athleticism, you will stand out as a wide receiver. So that's why we're starting to see these guys because typically you don't see this guy, these guys with this athleticism, this size, this late. Like these guys would have been taken higher in previous drafts because there's so many more of them now. So we're starting to see that kind of trend shift a little bit. Like I think back to like, you know, big corners before were guys like Brandon Browner. They were kind of, you know, even like Sean Smith, like they were big, but they weren't really fast. Like they could get torched on the outside. Well, now these guys are big and fast because they're former wide receivers that have been converted. So pretty cool stuff. So I'm with you on Johnson too. I think that was a great pick. And then if you're Quentin Bell, you convert to defensive end from wide receiver instead. (laughs) I'm really... I'm really interested to watch, see how that develops. Because here's my thing, too. At defensive end, like, okay, we didn't do ourselves a ton of favors by adding a ton of depth. Obviously, it looked like, you know, they knew uh, Gruden and and uh, Mayock knew what they wanted in the draft. And that's where they wanted to kind of farm for that, that position. So, guys, like, we're going to get to see Mad Max, you know, barring any injury. We're going to get to see, uh, you know, we're going to see Farrell, obviously. But we're going to see Crosby out there. We're, he's going to get some snaps in the game. I've got no doubt. Uh, uh, Bell, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But, I mean, that it's pretty thin still at defensive end as far as, if I'm thinking about this correctly, there's going to be, you got Key, you got Farrell, you've got Max Crosby. Who, who, who is the former Raider we picked up as well? Um, uh, it's in Mayowa. Mayowa. Uh, so there's four. And Mauer. Uh, Ma- Josh Morrow. Yeah. Morrow. Yeah, that's it. Morrow. So, so we got five. We got five. And I don't, I mean, you, you need two. So hey, don't forget be really- don't forget our guy Ronald Ollie from Last Chance U, who they signed. That, he's going to play defensive end. You guys know who he is? 
Absolutely. You think he brings any, uh, do you think he brings pen and paper to the film study sessions or not? <laughs> brings his sharpened pencils. Yeah. I doubt it. He's well, got to have his, he's got to have that lady come and bring him all of his pencils and paper and stuff. Man, if anybody listening hasn't watched Last Chance University or Last Chance U, it's on Netflix. Go back and watch it. And it is a absolute fascinating show to watch, especially if you're a football fan. And I love football documentaries. And it's a great one, man. It is absolutely great. And Ollie is an absolute character. And he was probably my favorite signing of the offseason. Because when I saw that, I was like, yes! I'm like, that amazing! I don't know how good he's going to do. I hope he does well. But he's a character, man. He's a lot of fun, man. I'm rooting for Ollie. Great story there, too, from his background. I think his mother got shot in front of him when he was like eight years old or something like that. Grew mm. up and, and just just one of those stories where, yeah, you, you're rooting for him to make it. But And I, I, in all joking aside, I do joke about the pencils and papers, but that's what he was, was known for, was not really yeah. caring about school and, you know, failed to bring pencils and paper. But I hope... You know, I also I also heard that he quit at Nichols State one year and then got his mind right, went back and then just dominated there. So I hope I hope he brings that really good energy, that that high motor with him. Well, that's what they said, even on that show, even going back. So that was prior to his time at Nichols State, as they were saying that he could be one of the most talented athletes on the field. But he just mentally, he wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? That he was just kind of checked mm-hmm. out of it. And, uh, and you know, I look, I mean, raise your hand if you haven't been a young man that had been checked out at times in your life, right? Like, we're all guilty right. at some point. And so I'm excited for him. And I think, frankly, you know, I hope he makes the team. I hope he does well. But to me, he's already won. Like, to go from, like you mentioned, the adversity that he came through uh, and, and to where he was at and playing at right. a college in rural mississippi and now he's an oakland raider like come on man that's awesome good for him yeah yeah murph was there a player in the draft that you had seen a lot of people like maybe you'd seen on social media people were caught you know clamoring for him oh i hope we get this guy or maybe you've seen mock drafts have an oakland pick him was there a player that we missed that like you were happy that we passed on was there a guy that you were like oh my gosh i'm glad you know, kind of maybe against the grain that you're like, I know everybody wanted this guy, but for me personally, I really did not want this player or just was not buying the hype. Was there anybody like that in this draft? Yeah, I think the Niners got him and I'm glad that he went ahead of us and it may be a little bit uh, low hanging fruit, but I'm glad we didn't draft Bosa. I'm glad that wasn't even something for us to think about. Um, You know, I think that he's got a little too much, uh, I don't want to call it baggage, but extracurricular uh, attached right. to him. I'm never a big fan of that when players like I remember like when Cam Newton came out, like there was a, there was that whole thing like I want to be an icon and I want to like well, it was right. like wait a minute why don't we just try being quarterback first like let's let's get that under control and then go be an Oikos yogurt spokesman or whatever. But like <laughs> now his thing has worked out fine and Cam Newton has had a, a great career in the league. But like I just remember like that surrounding him coming in and Bosa was kind of that too. Like there's the whole family thing and his dad and. The, you know, you know what I mean, and controlling. Right. You know what I mean, and, and questionable, like whether you, you know, agree with his 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 uh, his the political opinions or not. The kind of the lack of self awareness in terms of what he involved himself with. I'm like, dude, you can't do all this stuff like prior to the draft. Like you've got to have somebody in your circle smart enough to go lay off the phone for a couple weeks. You know what I mean? Like that stuff. Right. So- 
players like that, I just, I don't know. I always get a weird feeling about him. So I don't know. I didn't care for, for him at all. And, and then now he's a niner. So again, so here's like what I said, come full circle. Here's why I don't fall in love with players. Here's why I didn't fall in love with Bosa. Cause he's a freaking niner. So now what if you, <laughs> now you got to hate him cause he's wearing that stupid red and gold. So I'm glad he's a niner. <laughs> right. Right. See, now I made that mistake a- because I, He's already pulled a hamstring in OTAs, just FYI. So, and then there's the whole injury situation, right? I ain't right to that. So, great point. Uh, yeah, that's that has the potential to really blow up in their face. We'll see. And I don't wish injury on anybody, but I wasn't. A, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that when like players, you know, he decides to sit out the whole year because he knows he's probably going to be, you know, the top pick or top three pick in the draft or whatever. Like, I don't know. That to me. I understand this is your career. You're thinking about your future and stuff like that. But at some point, there's got to be a love for the game that I feel like would shine out a little more than than thinking about dollar bills. And it seems like to me that's a little bit of a red flag. You're thinking about the money and what you you know what kind of you know you know. I think if if you're good, you know you're going to get paid. So let's go out and be good. And then you're going to get your money. Like, but so, so that was just my kind of thing a little bit there. I was like, I, I don't like the fact that he sat out his whole senior season when he could have, he could have gone back into play. Um, but instead he's gone, nah, you know, I'm going to save myself. I'm, you know, I know I, I'm, I'm valuable. So I'm going to stick out. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like you said, kind of think pretty highly of yourself there. And that to me is a little bit of a red flag. And it wasn't like he played for some schmuck program. We're not talking about right. No offense to Eastern Michigan. They were the first one that popped into my head because of Max Crosby. But, like, you're not talking about a lower-tiered program, right? Like, you're not right. talking about somebody that has no hopes for a title or whatever. Talk about Ohio freaking State, who was pretty freaking good. Like, at the time, like, they were, you know, one of the contenders to win a national championship. Right. And he decided to dip. So, absolutely. So, you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, what is your goal here? And that's the stuff. Again, I get, I get hung up on that. So, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't even on the table. I'm glad it wasn't an option. And I'm glad Kyler Murray wasn't an option for oh my God. How much of a mess would that have been that, you know what the most relief and the biggest like hooray you got from Raider nation at the draft was when we heard Kyler Murray's name announced number one, we were like, yes, now we don't have to worry about it. Like, thank God that happened. You know, I was worried for Daniel Jones though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I tell you, and that was the thing too, because like that, that's another player. And I, I, I can't believe we kind of have to, rope him into this but i think Derek carr is going to surprise a lot of people because there's still i feel like a plenty of raider nation that's like uh you know and i see it i see it on on i'm on facebook i'm a part of a lot of groups on facebook i see a lot of raider nation like oh you know it's time to get a different quarterback time to move on and i just like i i hate to sit, rope him in with like a a guy who we you know you know, we're talking about Josh Jacobs is going to surprise people, but I think Carr is going to surprise a lot of people in 2019. And he's going to return to that form because he's got the weapons around him. He's got a line around him and, and he's going to return. I mean, we saw it. Look what he was doing with, with what he had last year. I mean, the dude was putting up solid numbers with, with no names out there, man. And he was running for his life half the time. So, so with what he's got this year, I think there's going to be a lot of Raider nation. that's going to have to eat crow. And I think you're going to see a big, Big mood swing in Oakland, and all of a sudden, everybody's going to be like, oh, Carr, from the beginning, never doubted him. Uh, this guy's just awesome, and I just, it was, oh, just a great player. I've never doubted you, Carr, never doubted him. He's going to be like, yeah, sure, 
sure. But if, anyhow, if I had a streak in me, I'd have been screenshotting every single one of those claims and gripes and complaints and all that. Cause I'm with, it's like some fans, I swear they have the worst short-term memory. They forget about what this guy has been. They have <laughs> zero context of what he was and the actuality of it last year in the offense, in everything. Now look, I'm not going to pretend he hasn't made some dumb throws. There was some, some, some weird decisions that he made last year. And look, DC, we can't throw picks in the end zone anymore. Like uh, yes. I apologize for some of the stuff that he's done, but as an overall, like this is the last thing in our terms of our team success, really that we need to worry about. Like we're good at quarterback. And now we've got all these wonderful pieces around him to support him. And, and I'm with you, dude. And I think that he was absolutely unfairly targeted. So you have all those things around it. And then it's fueled by people like today. I swear, man, I gotta, I gotta stay away from, uh, it's not necessarily just social media. It's certain aspects of social media and right. some of the major media outlets, including PFT pro football. <laughs> Gloria put out a tweet today talking about how, because Derek came out and said, look, this is my team. I wasn't worried about us drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to be around for a long, long time. So you guys better get used to me. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the general idea of what he said. And still, PFT doubles down and puts out a tweet that says, well, despite what Derek Carr said, uh, he should have been concerned about his position in 2019 and he should be concerned about his status coming into 2020 as well. And I'm like, do you got what, where they're just inventing stories, right? Like Gruden has gone out of his way. Mayock has gone out of his way. Carr has gone out of his way. No one's saying that this guy's job is in jeopardy, except these handful of idiots in media that puts this stuff out. And what does that do? It fuels these members of Raider Nation. And it's so we all, what happens? We all have like this infighting and this like this debate of our, and I'm like, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I said last week on our episode of Raiders fan radio, I kind of soapboxed it one last time and I tabled it. And I'm like, I'm not going to complain about these anymore. <laughs> this is not Raiders fan radio. This is behind the eye patch. And I'm yes. going to complain about, about it because it's, it's just <laughs> crazy guys. They just pull this stuff out of thin air and it riles people up and it creates these obnoxious discussions. And look, in the whole scheme of life, these things aren't important. This is just fandom and it's just football. But right. if you're going to invest your time and your emotions, and clearly I do have it invested in it, <laughs> got to guard your heart, man. Above all else, guard your dang heart. Don't yes. be subject to this stuff, man, because it's not true. Just listen yes. to the people that are there to report it. People like Matt Schneidman, people like Jerry McDonald, people that are boots on the ground, Vic Tafer. Listen to them. Ignore the rest of the people. And I'm going to shut up because I'm sorry. I've already hogged up. The I mic. have to ignore most of them most of the time, too, because my my opinions do not line up with Vic Tafer. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> so I guard my heart. Times, yeah. I guard my heart from that man most of the time. So anyway, um, I, I was hoping that you would go there because I saw that tweet or that that headline, and I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it this way. I know we're running short on time. I just wanted to put this out there. I hope Carr has a great year. If he doesn't, though, that that may be a hot seat. It may be a hot seat when you have a B. You've got Josh Jacobs. You've got a line. The line is still the question mark to me. Left guard is still the biggest question mark. I like Brown. I like that Miller is back and healthy and that he's added 20 pounds. I like uh, Gabe Jackson coming back from a labrum injury. I like that. I love Hudson at center. The left guard is still the position that worries me the most. If Carr has a good line, he's got, you know, and he's still making dumb 
mistakes at the end of games, throwing ball, you know, pick six or picks in the end zone, throwing interceptions that should just be throwaways or trying to extend stuff. And he's not there mentally. I do think that you have to kind of start wondering, okay, that's year two. He's still making those mistakes. Do we need to look elsewhere? That's all I will say about that. That's, that's an, an incredibly fair position. And I, and I agree with you 100%, despite my just tirade about it. I fully agree with you. And here's the thing that I would say, though, in response to that would be, what evidence, and I'm not talking to you particularly, just a proverbial you out there, what evidence leads you to think that Derek Carr would not be successful considering that he's already on the precipice of being the all-time leading passer in every significant category in the history of our football team? Right. What evidence would give you that say that he won't? be successful this year and that's the thing that i'm like even today at otas and him and he's dropping dimes in the back of the end zone to antonio brown like here we are at otas and it was over lamarcus joiner off of a guy exactly like we're already look i know it's shorts and 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 helmets i'm not gonna get too freaked out about it but i don't see any evidence that that otherwise as long as he's healthy and he's protected as you say and, and that's a very fair point if if all things line up as they should he's going to perform well. And then you're right. right. If he doesn't, then absolutely it's on him and we need to start looking elsewhere. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not that much of an apologist to that. If he's, if the, if the numbers aren't there, if the performance is not there, or even if the numbers are there, but he does dumb things, you know what I mean? Again, can't throw the picks in the end. That pick to Marcus Peters in the Monday night last year. Like Derek, what are you doing? Like, I mean, you know, so you can't do that. Like we can't do that. But anyways, I digress. I, I, I tell you what, we're, we're winding down on time. Murph, we appreciate it, but we're not going to let you get out of here without okay. answering a random question. Now, this actually, for the first time in the history of Behind the Eye Patch, actually has to do with football. Um, <laughs> what is, you might have to put the think caps on. Uh-oh. What, what is the ugliest uniform of any NFL team? Now, now you have to take off, you have to take off the Raider hat. You know, you, and now if it is an in-division rival, Great, but I'm talking entire. T- look at it just from a, from maybe an outsider's perspective. When you're watching two teams play, you're going, "What in the world were they thinking with those uniforms?" Because you know they're coming. Nike's coming out with all these new like retro, and 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 Tyler, this is going to be for you. But but they've got all these weird, crazy. You know they're coming out with the helmets. You know Dolphins changed their helmet last year. Which they got, are sick. Uh, they've got all this kind of stuff going on. What's the ugliest uniform on a Sunday that you see? Am I allowed to go to the alternate jerseys? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The absolute worst uniform in football is the Bumblebee yellow and black. (laughs) That I look, I don't care if that's a throwback or what. I mean, I was clearly to throwback, but I don't care what you're referring back to in history. I don't there. It's okay to ignore some parts of history because history sucks sometimes. <laughs> and that is that whole concept of that uniform with the like scoreboard rectangle number. Yes. Those are a train wreck. That those are awful uniform. The Pittsburgh Steelers uniform just incites hatred in me regardless. Right. But that bold bumblebee like horizontal stretch, like whoa, like that is awful. That is that is a bad, bad uniform. Tyler, who you got? Hands down, it's gotta be the Browns. No matter what color they are, white and orange, brown, poop brown and orange, it doesn't matter. Those are the worst colors ever chosen by a franchise. Yeah. Uh, you Don't know, for at me, me, 
<laughs> for me, I was going to say the Seahawks, those like lime, you know, when they do that, that all lime. Freak. Yeah. But, but I think for me, I'm thinking about it now when the Packers do that throwback, you know what I'm talking about? It's like the that. Brown, like, the Brown the, and blues. Yeah. The Brown and blues. I'm like, like you said, some things need to stay in the past, man. Let's keep those back there. Like that looks like something that when they were forming the team, they were like, well, we need jerseys. And somebody was like, uh, well, I, my wife can stitch these together. And so it's like, cool, nobody has these colors. And so they put it together, probably worked for a couple of years until somebody was like, look, we need to do something else with these colors, man. Um, uh, but well, that's to me. Change. There's a reason that they move on to something else because what we're doing now is not good. So let's move on to the next thing. It's so the what, that you've never seen the Raiders do anything with red and gold. You know, the original color scheme of the Raiders was like crimson and gold or something. You'll never see that because it was ugly. Silver right. black is beautiful. Like, so everything that we do, revol- you know what I mean? And so, right. anyway, man, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. That Packers, that was the second one that popped into my head. after. There we go. Was that my pack- question, though, is then when do the Browns move on from brown and orange? Like, when does that happen? Because it's been horrible for forever. And, dude, and their secondary logo is their helmet. You know what I yeah. mean? Right. Like, orange, like... Come on, At least man. put like a big old bulldog or something on it because yeah, that's I mean, dog. I, I swear I was like 15 years old before I figured out like what who's the brand like what is their mascot? A brown. Like uh what? You know, I, I was I was a little late coming to the party, and, but and I was like how they act and then actually now they write browns on their uniform. <laughs> like oh, we did it first, so thanks for typing it out. Now I get it. Now, oh, now it makes sense. I uh, still don't get it though. <laughs> Murph, man, we appreciate you coming on once again, taking your time, hanging out with us. Thanks so much. We're Raider Nation, once again, get in on that YouTube live action. That is a fun time. Uh, Catch him with Mosh and Mikey on Mondays. And, man, take it easy. Thanks so much. And uh, we will catch you in another episode. Thank you guys for having me, man. Appreciate your time tonight, man. You guys do a great job. It's a lot of fun to talk. I see you talk to you guys all night, man. A lot of of good stuff. Appreciate your content. Awesome, man. Take it easy, Murph. Tell Uncle Mosh I'm still waiting for that signed lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we'll see you in New Jersey. You guys coming out to the the game at MetLife this year, traveling to New York? I'm trying to save for the home opener. That's my goal. Home opener in Vegas. In Vegas. Uh, Nicely done. Nicely done. Well, I don't know if we're going to make that one or not, but hopefully we'll get to catch you guys at a game one of these days. That'd be fun. Absolutely. We'll do it. it. Thanks, Murph, so much. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thanks again for having me. Hey, peace. Raider Nation, once again, check him out. Murph, Raiders fan radio, Murph's fan cave. Uncle Mosh, dude, I love Uncle Mosh, man. That dude Uncle is so- Mosh is awesome. He's They're legit. Both- yes, they are. They're both awesome guys. Just, I mean, you can tell they love Raiders football, and that's, yep. I think that's what, why I gravitate towards them. It's, it's just- genuine. It's it is. It is. And they're not afraid to be like, yeah, we're fans of people. There's nothing wrong with that. They're just, right. they're fans of the team. They've been fans of the team for a long time. I love it. I love talking with Murph. I, I mean, it does. I mean, we could have talked forever. Like I wanted oh, to dude. ask him about Gerald McCoy. I wanted to ask him about other, but you know what? We just roll with the punches here, man. That's what, that's how we roll. That you know, we leave we leave a little little to be desired. So then you know, have people coming back for more. That's just how we roll here. So you know, speaking of Gerald McCoy, let's get into that for a minute here before we wrap this thing up, Tyler. 
what do you think, man? <laughs> could could we use a defensive tackle, you know, a pro bowler like Gerald McCoy, or do you think we're pretty well set? You know, I'm going I'm not going to mention names, but there was there were two articles from the same Raiders uh I don't know what you call them. Uh sources? They're not really even sources though. They're just any it, it, the same same writers came up one of them said that defensive tackles need not apply to the Raiders. Two minutes later, I saw another article saying that the Raiders should trade for Leonard Williams from the Jets. And I'm like, hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So in one of them, you're saying we don't need more defensive tackles because you've got Jonathan Hankins and you've got Justin Ellis and you've got Mo Hurst. And you've got P.J. Hall. I know I'm missing out probably on somebody else. But let me just let me just answer this simply, and then maybe I'll elaborate later on. Yes, you go after Gerald McCoy, Micah. He, right. is, a, he is a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Can you name a Pro Bowl defensive tackle that we have on our, on our defensive line right I now? I don't think we have one. Man. We don't have one. Maybe Hankins. Uh, when he was with the Giants, maybe made a made a Pro Bowl, but we do not have that. Everyone now, at this point is expendable. You can expend a Justin Ellis. You can expend a Hankins. As much as I love those guys, I love Jelly. I love Hankins. But when you can sign a legit game changer, pass rusher up the middle with McCoy, who also provides a little bit of defensive end ability, so some vo- some versatility. You're telling me that you would rather have two non-versatile guys over a versatile dude who's been to several Pro Bowls. Like in my mind, I'm like you do what you can to make it look to make it better. Now, cap space. What is our cap space? Cap space, we've got about 29 million left. If you look at what is projected uh, for the rookie contracts that we have left, we probably have about 18-ish million, 18 to 17 to 18 million left in cap space. If you could go out, sign a Gerald McCoy for about nine, ten million dollars a year. He was scheduled to make thirteen million dollars a year. I don't think he sniffs that number again. I think that's why the Bucks uh, cut him is because he's not. Get, they're not going to give him thirteen million. I don't think anybody else will give him thirteen million dollars a year. So you offer him nine. Maybe he counters with ten. You sign him. You still have, you know, give or take eight or nine million left in cap space, but. Who else are we going to sign, Micah? I mean, who else is there left to sign? Our team is already at 90 players. You're going to cut some of them, get some of that money back. I don't see why you don't go out and at least throw some numbers at him and be like, come play for the silver and black. Right. This is the one thing, only thing I can kind of figure is that they, you know, they want Leonard Williams to come in. Now, Leonard Williams is a defensive end, though, correct? I mean, I'm well, he plays that. in that three-four defense as an end, but I, I think he could kick in. He's got enough mass; he could kick into that defensive tackle role. So that that's the only thing I, I, I guess, would be my counter to that. Maybe they're talking about Leonard Williams 
being a defensive end. They want more depth. Maybe they want Leonard Williams to come in at defensive end for depth, but they don't want McCoy in because they feel like we have plenty of depth at defensive tackle. And I would disagree with that. I love Hankins. I love Ellis. But when you can have that kind of proven talent in McCoy, I, I just think that if you could get a, a team-friendly deal, it seems like a no-brainer to me. I love Hurst. I love P.J. Hall. I think those guys, I mean, from the, what we saw last year, another offseason with those guys and getting into the system and just you know adapting to the NFL, I'm thinking, like, those guys could be lethal. But you, you're telling me if you couldn't get a team-friendly deal with a guy like McCoy – um, I mean, here's here's what here's my thought. Everybody wanted Namdik and Sue, didn't they? Yep. Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, we need this guy, Silver and Black. He brings that nasty. He's still got a year or two left. That would be awesome to pair him up with the guys inside." But then you don't want McCoy. It's like, uh, I don't. That makes no sense. You know, you know who we're Gerald clamoring. McC- Do you know who his uh position coach was last year? No. Brenton Buckner. Do you know where Brenton Buckner is now? Uh, so we're connecting the dots then. Defensive line coach of the Oakland Football right. Raiders. That right. is where that is where Branson Buckner is this year. So was with McCoy in Tampa. I am. I'm connecting a few dots there. Maybe maybe he's pounding the table, if you will, saying, get Gerald in here. I can make it happen. Let's get him in. I I could see that happening. I don't see why not. We've right. been fairly liberal with the money that we've giving, given out. Yep. Why not bring in another game changer and put this rebuild even further ahead? Right, right. And, you know, <coughs> I've read articles and seen things where people, you know, talking about some of the, you know, good remaining free agents. Nomnik and Sue is one of the big names that keeps coming up. And I see a He's lot of He's gone fans. now, though. Right, he's gone, but I saw a lot of Raider fans were really excited at the possibility of maybe bringing Sue in, but then all of a sudden, like you said, there's this kind of turnaround. It's like, well, we, but we don't need McCoy. And it's like, uh, that does, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. If you get a team-friendly deal, add some depth to the defensive tackle um, position, you know, I like who we have. True, I do like that. But, when, like I said, you can get proven talent like that on the team. Uh, you know, I've... It, it makes sense to me, but yeah, yeah I, yep. I it, interesting, interesting. And maybe maybe I need to go back and, and re- rescind something that we may sign more players because, as we all know, every year there are camp casualties, there are injuries, there right. are you know people can't come to terms on deals, long term deals, and so they get cut. And, right. that, and and so you have those camp casualties. I don't see another Gerald McCoy being let go, though. Right. I, I see him as as a pretty high tier player, a very a very game changing type player right. that could come in and play for the Raiders and, and help the younger guys. I mean, he's already familiar with Buckner, uh, and you know he. I bet he can pick up that defense that Paul Gunther runs pretty quick. Come in, give some leadership. Not saying that Jelly and and Hankins are bad leaders, but right. you've got a guy that's been to the Pro Bowl, I think, six times. Yeah. Like, that's, that's legitimate good star power right there. And yeah. I don't like him just sitting out there. I hate for, like, the Broncos to swoop him up or, you know, somebody like that come in and, and, and that's, you know, 
what happens. I would hate for right. that. Right. Well, and it's kind of like, you know, we, we, I've seen this swirling around too. People were like, uh, talking about camp casualties. People kind of mentioned, uh, uh, uh roped, uh, Vontez perfect into that category. They're like, well, yeah, we signed him, but he's got to make it through training camp. I'm like, people, have we not looked at our linebacker position recently? It's not like we have exactly just the most day, you know, the deepest and, and, and most talented roster at the linebacker position, unless unless Burfitt comes in and just bombs, I'm pretty sure Burf you're gonna see Burfitt, you know, running some defense, you know, come fall time, come September, October. So you know, it's things like that. It's a little bit, um, uh, you know, I I question, uh, I guess I question like not to sanity, maybe that's a little too harsh, but but I question <laughs> like we we wouldn't. That kind of a thing, like I said, unless somebody bombs or gets busted for drugs or something like that, which nobody can foresee. But as far as from a talent level and stuff, talking about a guy like Perfect, you know, perhaps being a camp casualty, I, I just I don't understand that line of thinking or reasoning or, um, you know, I'm going to Michael Scott this and just say, OK, explain this to me like I'm five. You know, yep, that, that's absolutely. that's basically all I can say to that. But anywho, I, I, I'm with you. I, if we got McCoy, I'd be ecstatic. I mean, the one thing we're talking about, we need pass rush. McCoy can get after the quarterback. So, you know, whether that's at the end, whether that's up the middle, we need it <laughs> We need it all over the line. Let's let's not lie here. Ellis and, and Hankins are, are run stuffers. They're not these yep. guys that are going to get after the quarterback. So I love them. I the great depth, but... Give me McCoy if if you could get him on a team friendly deal. That's all. That's all I'll put there. I'm I'm in that camp. I would so. agree. And going back to Williams, like you're gonna have to give up draft capital, which with McCoy you don't have to do that. Plus right. Williams next year, I believe this is his last year on his rookie deal. So next year you're gonna have a a pretty large and substantial pay raise coming for him. I think I, right. I, I he's been pretty good. It's not like he's a bad player, but I think if I could just sign Gerald McCoy, not give up anything other than money, I'm signing that guy. Right, right. I want to look up here. What are his stats? So here's Leonard Williams. So they wanted <clears throat> this particular article wanted Leonard Williams. Um, rookie year had three sacks. Uh, sophomore year had seven sacks. This is in the NFL. Uh, last year he had five sacks and in 2017 had two sacks. So he's only totaled 17 sacks in four seasons. Let's compare that to Gerald McCoy. Really quickly. I don't, I don't have these stats right on hand. I just, this kind of just hit me upside the head here. Um, um, so bear with me Raider Nation. I apologize, Tyler. I'm not, I'm not uh, all together with this one. So, here we go. Stats for Gerald McCoy. So, here you go. Uh, well, maybe. if I my... So, over the last... What did we pull? Last five years with Leonard Williams? I'm looking at sacks. Six sacks last season. Six sacks in 17. Um, seven sacks in 2016. And eight and a half in 2015. That'll total, let's see, 15... 21, 20, 27 and a half sacks compared to 17 sacks, you know, in, in the same period of time. Now, obviously, 
Uh, McCoy's been in the league a lot longer. Um, you know, he's got a total of, let's see, how many? He's got 54 and a half sacks total. Um, so if you want to, I mean, if you're talking about pass rush, uh, he's had more production even over the past two seasons than Leonard Williams has. So um, as far as that line of reasoning of like, let's bring him in instead of, uh, you know, instead of a Leonard Williams, um, uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think, I'm not sure how, how old is McCoy? He's uh, 31. So he's still got a, I mean, he's still got a couple good years left at least would be my guess. So yeah, you know, I'd, I'd take that. I'd take that. So, and I think, I don't know like how much, Leonard Williams is is going to cost either in the future. Right. I mean, it, that's that's kind of one thing that you're like, well, how much is this dude going to cost, and do I want to give up the draft picks to acquire him? And then right. do I want to sign him to a, I don't know, what, what would you, if I spitball like a $14, 15000000 million a year contract, is that too high? Right. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I don't know. The, that's the, the, a lot the, of sp- stuff to think about that's why i'm not mike mayock nor john gruden <laughs> well and to me like the production the production isn't there you know i mean leonard williams according to espn he's played he hasn't missed a game in four seasons and has only totaled 17 sacks I mean, okay you want to talk about raider material i mean this guy's right up our alley if you're wanting for people with with low uh low stats in the sack department. So I don't know. I, I don't, I, I think Leonard Williams, like you said, with the cost, it's just, it's not worth it. I, sh- show me, show me what, uh, uh, at least from a stat standpoint, he doesn't jump off the page. And, and a lot of times with this stuff, if you're talking about somebody who's going to get after the quarterback, it's not there on paper, man. It's not there on paper. So that's and just, just because opinion. he wanted to be drafted by the Raiders when they, in that draft doesn't mean that, Maybe he still wants to play for the Raiders. I know that's where he's from, but right. Um, anyway, yeah, he was 2015, so he's been in the league four years then. Right, right. And, so. and like I said, four years, hasn't missed a game, only 17 sacks. How high was he drafted? He was drafted sixth pretty dang ra- high. Or he was the, the sixth overall pick. Right, and for a sixth overall pick, I would hope for a little more production than that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what kind of deal you're looking to get for Williams. I didn't read the article, but um, what's at least... interesting is he like went from like you said, 63 to 68 tackles to 47 and 42. Right. So that's kind of that that's kind of interesting to me that he's going like on a downward trend. You would hope at year four you're going on an upward trend. Now, maybe that's something, you know, it's asking something different of him in a different type of defense than to be a tackler. But you still would hope, like, you're not tapering off. Like, your second year is your best year, and then you're slowly going downhill. You would hope to see the opposite of that, I would think. Yeah, you're hitting your prime. By year four, you should be, like, in your prime for the next three, four seasons. Right, right. Cranking it out. Like, Like McCoy was. So... Interesting. I, I like I said. I I don't agree with the uh, it, like you said. It was kind of a juxtaposition there. I was like no to McCoy, but yes to Williams, all within like an hour. And I'm like, uh, make a you know. I don't I don't get the line of reasoning here. I need somebody to explain this to me. But yeah, there you go. There you go. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. And that's like you said, that's why we're fans on a podcast, Tyler, not GMs in the front office. And we don't, contrary to popular belief, we do not have a, a direct hotline into Mayock's office. I know some people have wondered that in the past, but that Especially is, with you calling the Cleveland Farrell pick right, three right. months early. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, no, I do, I do want to, for full disclosure, I did get a small peek at Mayock's big board. Um, but, uh, uh, other than that, you know, obviously at that point, you know, I, nothing set in stone, but I did, I did get a little peek there, but so full disclosure, Raider Nation. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Anywho, Tyler, anything else for the nation before we wrap this bad boy up? Good to be back on the airwaves. If I can just interject that one more time. It is good to be back on the airwaves. I, uh, I don't know. There's just something about talking Raiders football that, just makes you feel alive, I guess. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what. Somebody posted today, uh, I believe it was today, maybe it was yesterday, but uh, we are exactly halfway through between the time the season ended and when the season's going to start. So well done, Raider Nation. We are halfway there. We're halfway there by the time and you And the OTAs this. started yesterday. Yep, and, yep. Or I, so I guess that's the 21st of May. Today's the 22nd. Everybody was up in arms that Antonio Brown wasn't at oh, the first gosh. day. And uh, like he hasn't been putting any work in during the off season, right? Gee right. Whiz. He's been bumming around. I mean, just playing at Derek Carr's kids' birthday parties every day and stuff. Like, yeah. I never saw him running on a track, or never saw him like r- going running with all of his teammates. Never running saw routes, any catching right. balls from Carr. Yeah, nothing like that. You never know? saw. Where's any this of that. guy been? Where's he been? Already drama. I tell you yep. what. If there's any kind of drama going on here with this guy, it's because we're we've got these so-called beat writers, you know, creating all this stuff, and it's just that I think that's what gets me mad. It's like you know, it's like stop it. We're we're just manufacturing drama, and I know it's it's the off season and the news cycle is slow, but that doesn't give you know license to start creating all this stuff. And I think most of Raider Nation was pretty chill about it. They were like. We've seen the work this guy's putting in. We're not worried. But I think, you know, there few people are able to ruffle a few feathers. And I guess that's how you get your kicks. Then, you know, so be it. But uh, thus uh, it is. Yes. But he yes. was there today. He was there yep. uh, at the second day of camp. Caught a pretty nice pass from Carr, a deep ball over LaMarcus Joyner, um, who is going to be our nickel or nickel corner, it's kind of sounded like. So yep. not uh, not a bad way to start off OTAs on your first day. Tyrell Williams had a, uh, a really nice – he wasn't even covered, but, you know, they're getting their timing down. They're yep. working on, you know, they're working on the route trees. They're probably working on verbiage um, and things like that, which it was nice to hear a car in his little post-conference um, – talking about he feels like he steps ahead of where he was last year. He understands the verbiage. He's already changing plays. Um, so that's great. I mean, that it's it's nice to see him feeling comfortable, confident, and uh, I think that's going to spell good things for us this year. At, and uh, I think, you know, as they get more cohesive as a unit, a lot of turnover this year. So the, yeah. the more cohesive, the more time they spend together, it's probably just going to look better and better. At least that's what I hope would happen. Yep. Yep. We'll see, man. We'll, uh, time will tell. Time will tell. But Raider Nation, once again, big shout-out to Murph for coming on the podcast Thanks, this Murph. week. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Until next time, just win, baby. Just win, baby. <laughs>